Welcome to the Casual Fridays REI podcast, where you'll learn about the wildly profitable niche of land investing. Active land investors Adam Southey and Justin Sleva are here to share their experiences with you so that you can learn how to build massive cash flow and huge profits from this highly lucrative niche. So without further ado, here are your hosts, Adam Southey and Justin Sleva. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Adam Southey here with my co-host, Justin. And Sleva, and this is the Casual Fridays REI podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about if buying any asset below market value is ethical or not. Before we do that, though, let's talk about Price.com. Guys, Priced is a powerful online web application that simplifies the acquisition process for real estate direct mail marketing campaigns. Price provides research tools and enables you to identify locations to mail, price your data, analyze over 1 million comps, pull owner records, and scrub your data to produce a ready to mail campaign list. So head on over to price.com forward slash casual Fridays REI to start your seven day free trial and get discounted prices today. That's P R Y C D.com forward slash casual Fridays REI. Happy Friday, sir. Hey, happy Friday. Dude, we've been, we were disconnected for a week. We unplugged, unwound, we climbed a mountain or three, we went through some valleys, saw some streams, and we disappeared from the world. Yeah, it was pretty nice. I saw a bear. You didn't get to see a bear. I didn't get to see him. He was oh, no. too fast. Oh, wait, that was Matt behind yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah, so in case you didn't know, we disconnected last week. That's why you had an interview on, which we do those from time to time. Mm-hmm. Um, but we uh, went on an adventure bike ride for a friend's 40th, whose birthday was in December. But it's kind of became an annual thing. This is the second annual, it fair is. enough to say. Yeah, yeah, I would say that, yeah. Um, adventure bike ride where you get on a motorcycle that is street legal, kind of like a dirt bike. Kind of like a big cruiser. I feel like it's a dorky accountant motorcycle, but it will climb and do anything you want to do. Yeah, they're definitely dorky looking, but they're they're cool once you like get into the niche. That that is the thing. Like when I had mine in Texas, I felt like the raddest accountant in the world. Like I just <laughs> felt cool. I was like this cool dorky accountant until I rode with my friends with Harleys, and they made me feel like I was an accountant. Yeah, yeah. I was but- Ned. But there's no other bike in the world like them because you just ride off the highway straight onto a dirt, mountain, road, sand, whatever you want. You're, exactly. you're right on it. You do it. And the things are so freaking smart. It's like, hey, you put it in off-road. It handles the off-road for you. Yeah. Put it in snow. Put it in rain. Put it in whatever, and it'll do it. Yeah. So we got to see some of the most beautiful pieces of nature that we could ever imagine. And ride through it. Yeah. Some of the ugliest weather. <laughs> yes. Yes, I will. That would go down as probably one of the worst rides on day three for me I've ever done in my life. I was telling some people that at some point it was just like, Jesus, take the wheel. You know, you couldn't see. Yeah. So it was pouring down. We had a, I don't know, how many miles, 120 mile ride back home. It was on the books 167. And then we ended up doing 120 because we came from Breckenridge around on the scenic bypass, which is known as Top of the Rockies in the pouring rain. For two and a half hours to Denver. Yeah, we were supposed to take like dirt roads back and yeah. back roads, but we ran into another adventure bike rider who was from the area, and he said, "No way, don't yeah, do dude, it. don't you can't go over Brace Pass right now." Yeah, you see yeah. that? You see those two mountains right there? Like, yeah, see that dark cloud that's pouring down right there? Yeah, that's Brace Pass. You you're not making it through there today or yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. Don't even try. Yeah, and this was our last day. We had to have the bikes back by four o'clock, so we had no other choice but to continue on. Yep. And, we, and take the highways the whole time. Colorado roads aren't like a flat traffic spread out. They're not Texas. Slow moving <laughs> no. traffic. No, it's fast. It's up and down around mountains. It's around corners. It's freaking crazy. And then throw in the pouring rain. You can't see. You're on a motorcycle. It was intense. 
I thought I was going to make my kids orphans. <laughs> I was going to orphan my children, widow my wife on this trip. When I came around one of those 18-wheelers, and I got hit with a wall of rain, and I think that's when Matt finally said, ah, I'm not going to do that, too. Like I was I was going 75, and I wasn't making any ground, and I, I could not see. And then I saw like a light flash, and I go, oh, that's the brake lights next to me. So the 18-wheeler's still next to me. I'm staying in this pocket of water that's spraying me all over the place. I'm just going to ease off the throttle a little bit and see yeah. what happens. Well, I got trapped behind two box trucks. I didn't think, and I, I mean, y'all guys got a mile ahead of me because because of it. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I can say nothing good about that last day, other than that little that little uh, basement pizza place, bar place we went and ate lunch. It was good food. I felt sorry for the servers there; they were overworked and understaffed, uh, like we're seeing a lot of this stuff. And you know. It kind of rolls into today's topic in a way. I know it's going to be a stretch for you. Okay, People yeah. just taking Biden's money and not ethically going to work. <laughs> so there's an ethics question there. But you you had a, a call this week, and somebody brought up an important question. Do you think what we do in our business or buying assets at under market value is ethical? Yeah. That's communism. They're wanting to do. <laughs> yeah, so to paint a picture, I'm on a call with somebody. I have this feel where I tell them about how we do what we do and whatnot. And, you know, and he's, he goes... Okay, let me stop you right there. Right after I explain like what price, you know, right after I say like we try and buy land for about 35% of market value and then we turn around and bring it to market, sell it for market value. Mm-hmm. He says, okay, let me stop you right there. Okay. Because is buying land, buy, uh, buying the land that cheap? Is that ethical? How do you feel about that? And for like half a second, I kind of got really defensive. Yeah. Because I'm like, well, yeah, there's nothing ethical. This is America. I do whatever I want, right? <laughs> Fucking black belt about yeah. to jump out. Goddamn, I'm DuPont belt, but champion of the world. You don't know me. I will karate chop you through this phone, mister. But then you got to like, you know, got to be professional, right? Uh-huh. So, but. Do you though? Do you like, yeah, dickhead. <laughs> when I go to Walmart, they aren't giving it to me what they paid for it. Well, I mean, that, that's true. We talked about that, but I don't even second guess if it's ethical or not here's here's where my i i understand where he's coming from the bleeding heart in me that meets an older couple or an older wife whose husband passed away who bought this land in 1975 i get that to a point but that that's where the ethical part you offering them amount and agreeing upon it is different than you saying hey i'm going to do this and then slide a hand you doing something different and they end up with less i think what we do us saying hey I will give you $10,000 plus plays the closing cost and I will have it delivered soon as title can clear title. Us doing that and staying is is exactly what an ethical business does. The difference is he's wanting us to feel bad for the profit we're making. That's called capitalism. I, I don't feel bad about that. Now, if I were saying I was sharking or seeking out person, I was looking at obituaries, right? And I said, oh, Mr. James just died. Miss James, I see Mr. James has some property in Yavapai. I'd like to give you 10 cents on a dollar for it. You know, I feel better about what we do than even shopping distressed properties for property taxes. I feel like that's kind of like, okay, we know it's distressed. We know you're hurting. We're coming after you. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, we offer so little, especially in the bass boat niche, we offer so little because we're nine times out of ten fixing a property. Okay. I'm fixing a problem. A problem. I right. Agree. And so that fixing that problem comes with a discount. You don't go pay market value to, to then turn around and do a quiet title and fix someone's no having a will issue yeah. or fixing title defects or all this other garbage. You know? How many properties do you think you fixed over the last two years? Uh, probably every one of them. You know, whether we're doing it together when I want. Yeah. Someone has fixed something over 
on almost every one of them. I'm trying to think with, with and just use Project One because we were real open about the data in Project One. Out of that, we had, we bought six properties or five? Everyone, I thought it was four. Is it four? What we ended up with four or five. Oh, it doesn't matter. Okay. Out of that, we had to fix a probate, a will on on two of them, probate on one, quiet title on two of them. Um, man, it was there was something on everything that we had to adjust for, and we had to fix. And it was like, I think our cheapest one, our cheapest property on there, in extra attorney fees was like seventeen hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah, we spent a lot of money on attorneys, other attorneys on all that stuff. And that's why we get paid so much because you solve the problem. That's um, where you think the value's created, right? Yeah. If the if the person we're buying it from could get market value, then they would go do it. I, and that's and that's an important question. Is it? I, and maybe this is where. And I'm going to play devil's advocate for a second because I think this guy is way off base, just way off base. I understand where he's coming from, so I'm going to play devil's advocate in that. Does he think that the lack of knowledge of the person selling to us is us taking advantage of that? And that's and that and he thinks that well you shouldn't make an exorbitant profit because they just didn't know, but how how do you not know? Like I mean, you may not know how to fix do a quiet title, you may not know a realtor in the area, but you with today's information that's thrown at you, cell phone, um, computer, internet, internet age, you should know to say to say hey this or that. Yes. And no, too. Okay. I mean, I mean, if Grandpa's still on a flip phone, he doesn't have any idea that he can go online and figure things out. But do you shop for people that are only over 65? I do not, no. Do you get into Sprint, MCI, AT&T, Southwestern Bell, or whoever their carrier is, T-Mobile, and say, hey, I need the list of all your numbers of people that are elderly that have flip mm-hmm. phones still? Not yet, at least. I don't I mean, know. Maybe, yeah, is, that maybe, good, is that a good niche? I maybe, don't know. Maybe that's a way to, to, to separate the data. You know, and that's and that's to me. If you did something like that, like I think, me on my soapbox, real quick, my personal opinion. I think if I were to do like some of the big, um, I just went blank on the company's name. Open Door does, or you know, I go into your house and I negotiate a rate for you. Then I come back with an inspector later and say, "Hey, I'm going to give you 125 thousand for your house." And I come in with the inspector and say, oh, I got to charge you 5000 for the AC. It's not up to par. I got to charge you 2000 because your foundation looks a little crooked. Your roof is not good. So I got to take another $7,000 off. Now that 125 that you thought you were getting is really 104 But you have to use my title company. You have to use my agents. You have to use everything else. And so now, to me, that's almost more unethical than what we do. I don't, I don't, and I don't see anything wrong with either one. I just say that's that would question my ethics on that one. I actually do see something wrong with the way they do it okay because they give you a price yep they should come in and do that they should honor it yeah i mean we do that when i when i wholesale when we go to wholesale a house or we buy it my offer is my offer on the house i don't come back and try to renegotiate it because of this or that i if i tell you 125 that's what you're getting yeah and i do that land or house and i think i think i've looked at their websites before but like they even charge like well you didn't have a realtor um, so we had to represent you too. Yeah. So there's like some kind of fee there or whatever. I don't, this has been a while. I don't, I'm not going to say I'm hundred percent accurate with what they do, but it's not all in my opinion, as upfront as we in the land business t- tend to be. Mm-hmm. So do you think we have any ethical dilemma in what we do and how we do it? No, I think we've been pretty clear on that over the last few minutes. I mean, I don't feel at all, not one bit. I think I, it, and I explained it to him by the time we're done. He's like, yeah, oh, okay. 
Well, that makes sense. Yeah. I just hate that you're making money and I'm not. And these people no, should no, make no, more money. That's no, communism, no, no, man. No, no, That's no. like it's so. Is that communism or socialism? Let's say hey, everybody gets the same one cup of rice and one chicken. I don't want to say that about this. He was a cool guy. It was just like when that question came up, it was just okay for for half a second. I started to get mad, and then I felt like it was a good topic to talk about because surely there's more people that. I are questioning that. Do you think this is an American thing though? Like we, we believe that we can go out and start a business in the American dream and achieve this wealth because let's face it. You would not be listening to the show right now. If you didn't believe there was something greater than what you're currently in, you don't listen to us because we tell you know, magnificent jokes or we, we, we look beautiful via radio. You know, we don't li- you don't listen to us for that. You listen because you're going to glean one nugget every now and again, a little bit of motivation to try something a little bit different than your current life and what you're doing and try to make your life a little bit better. And that's, and that's why I think you listen to us because you believe the American dream is, is feasible. Mm -hmm. That's why people who don't even live in America still do what we do. Yeah. I, yeah, they, they want a piece of the American dream. Yeah. So that's all I got to say about it. How about you? (laughs) It becomes a point where you, Kind of beat a dead horse, right? My ma- my friend with little words. <laughs> <laughs> why do you, why do y'all have a fifteen minute podcast? Nah, Adam doesn't like to talk long. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how how many different ways can you say nope? Nothing uneth- nothing unethical about this. I don't know. What's your topic today? I'm just here <laughs> for a good time. I'm here to provide banter when needed. It's uh, it's I and it, I think that there's a there's a time to say, hey, yeah, this is not unethical and. I think that every new investor may have that feeling sometimes. So a couple takeaways that I would say, hey, take away from the show, while we beat on the the overall premise of being unethical or being ethical, what our feelings are about making money in this niche, the idea is how do you run your business ethically and what's the simplest way to do Do what you say you're going to do, be upfront, be honest, don't try to slide a hand, just do what's right and treat the people that you're working with how you would expect to be treated. You follow those little simple tasks, you're actually going to have a very successful business, and you're going to you're going to appreciate everything that you that you gain and you create from this companies that you build. Yeah, I can't stress that enough. Of I mean, if we're going on the, down that little rabbit hole, I we've known plenty of people in this niche, other niches who don't do what they say, they change their minds, they do whatever. Right? Mm-hmm. That's how quickly, very quickly, how you ruin your business and. If you want that American dream, you want to be able to eventually leave your job. You want to have time freedom. You want to have all that other stuff. Then you got to stay above board at all points. Yep. So, all right. Now, now I'm done. Okay. Now I'm done. Well, then it's done. Okay. All right. So everybody, listen. Just a favor. Go to Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Give us a like, follow, subscribe, and then go to iTunes. Go to Stitcher. Go to wherever else you're listening to us. Like, review, and subscribe to the show. Appreciate it. Love you. See you next Friday. See you guys.